I was going to leave forever? Did you think I was going to quit this podcast? I know it's been a while. I know it's been a long time. I'm not sure how long. I'm kind of afraid to look. I'm afraid to check. But regardless, it is episode 69 of the Wide Right Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Honey, as I fix my mic here, of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. No better time to return to this podcast than one day, approximately a little bit over a day before the start of the 2021 NFL Draft, the one of the best nights of the year is finally upon us, almost. I've said to my friends, non-football fans or non-sports fans will never understand our love and obsession for these few days, at least, you know, the first round. Obviously, I love all three days, but you have, you know, your general fans, your general football followers who, you know, pay attention the first round, maybe a little bit of the second, and that's it. I am extremely excited for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I love Saturday. I love the late rounds. I love seeing who you could still get, the steals you could execute. Um, but as far as tomorrow night goes, as far as Thursday night goes the Giants just have the one pick as of right now the number 11 overall pick they could trade up they could trade back there has been no report that they have done so yet I for some reason can't see them trading away mostly because Gettleman doesn't do that very often as we know but you know anything is possible maybe if this Patriots Panthers rumored uh deal doesn't happen apparently the Patriots may swap picks with the Panthers Patriots would move up to number eight Panthers would move back to number 15. Panthers would, of course, get some picks out of the deal. Uh, if that doesn't happen, I could see the Giants and Pats swapping picks. So the Giants move back to 15, Pats move up to 11, and the Giants get a couple picks out of the deal. I'd like to see that happen, if we're going to be completely and totally honest. Um, you know, Obviously, the number 15 pick is not as valuable as the number 11, but if the Giants can get a couple more picks out of the deal, I, uh, I would like to see that happen. Because as of right now, the Giants only have six total picks. That's it. It's tied for the second fewest in the league. Six. Six total picks. You know, just to compare, Jets have 10. Jets have 21 combined in the next two drafts. So, Giants need more picks. They need to make some moves. I'd like to see them make some moves. I don't know if they will. You know, it's impossible to predict these things with the draft. Nobody... Let me get this off the... um, Let me get this off my chest before we begin discussing what the Giants may do during this three-day event. I'm not a draft expert. I just want to make that known. I am not a draft expert. But it's funny, and one of the reasons why I love this event is nobody is. Nobody is a draft expert. I'm pretty sure it was Matthew Miller who picked in the 2018 first round, his final mock. I think he got one out of 32 picks correct. I think. I'm not, but I'm not, don't quote me on that because, like, I don't want to spread, you know, any, you know, false information. But I think he may have gotten one out of 32 picks correct in that 2018 first round. I think Saquon to the Giants was the only pick he got correct. Again, I, I don't quote me on that. I don't want to spread any sort of false information. But, you know, that that's my point is, is that nobody's a draft expert. 
Nobody is perfect at this stuff. You know, Kuiper isn't, McShay isn't, none of these guys are. That's why I love this event. You never know what is going to go down. But at least we could ponder on the possibilities of what can occur. With that said, first round options for the Giants. If they stay at 11, I think it would be the case if they stay at, if they move back to 15 as well, this would also be the case. First round options. Obviously, wide receiver is one of the top positions to target, and this comes despite the fact that the Giants took um, the Giants signed Kenny Galladay uh, last month. Devontae Smith is going to be an option if he's available, and so is Jalen Waddle. You could also trade back to the back half of the first round and get a guy like Kadarius Tony out of Florida or Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. I don't put Jamar Chase out of LSU in the conversation. Because I do not think Jamar Chase is going to be available at 11. And I don't think anybody else thinks he's going to be available at number 11. I think he's a top 10 pick. So does everybody else. He's a top receiver on the board. I don't even put him in the conversation. And I don't think the Giants would trade up into the top 10 to get Jamar Chase. I don't see them doing that. I heard they might do so for Penny Sewell if he drops. But I don't, I, I don't see them doing it for Jamar Chase. So I don't even put him in. in the, I don't even include him in this conversation. Wide receiver is an option, okay? So is inside linebacker. Micah Parsons out of Penn State may be available. And so may Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame. Unpopular opinion. Hot take. I like Owusu-Koromoa over Parsons. I like his play. I think he has playmaking abilities. I think he has a knack for the football. He causes turnovers. You know, he's a run stopper. He's versatile. That's the key. He's a versatile inside linebacker. And if you know Patrick Graham, and you know if you know Joe Judge, they prefer versatile athletes and versatile football players. I don't see it in Parsons as much as others do. I'm going to get hate for this. I'm going to get criticism for this. If he becomes a star in the NFL, people are going to hate me for saying this, especially if he's a star for the Giants. Or especially, excuse me, if, especially if he's a star, you know, if the Giants pass on him and the Giants, uh, and he's a star somewhere else. People are going to hate me for this. I don't see it with him. I, I just don't. You know, I, I when you look at the film, he didn't play this past year. So when you look at his Penn State film, it's from 2019. The most recent one is. And you see he's playing alongside Giants linebacker and 2020 sixth-round pick Cam Brown. And I just don't see uh, anything that Parsons does that Cam Brown can't do, to be honest with you. I, obviously, Parsons isn't a sixth-round pick. Like Cam Brown, there's no shot in the world Parsons is even going to drop to the second round. He's going to get taken in the first, um, at least in the top half of the first. And uh, But I like Owusu Koromoa better. I think when you line up his versatility, he would be a great complement to the tackling machine that is Blake Martinez. So I like the Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa out of Notre Dame. I just do. I think he would be a good. I think he'd be a good pick at 11. I think it'd be a steal. But I also think the Giants could get him at 15 if they were to swap picks with the Pats and trade back. So we got wide receiver. We got inside linebacker. Then there is the edge rusher position. Now I understand the Giants don't have a lot of talent at the edge rusher position. We're still trying to get a read on Lorenzo Carter. We're still trying to get a read on O'Shane Zimenez. We don't know much about Ryan Anderson, the free agent pickup who came from Washington. And Cam Brown and Carter Coffin, they're young. uh, They're inexperienced. We know they can play, but we don't know if they're going to be overly reliable 
uh, assets to this defense. Okay, late round picks last year. We don't know if you know. We don't know what their future holds. So I understand the desire to draft a star edge rusher. Okay, Quiddy Pay is a name to look out for. Okay, while some people don't like him, I like Gregory Rousseau. Okay, that's another name that I have talked about numerous times. Okay, I went on ESPN Radio and I said he actually caps at eleven. I think he could, you know, I think the Giants could draft him at eleven. I think that would be a good pick. Obviously, I'm going to get killed for that, but um, I like Rousseau. There are very uh, intelligent people in this industry, college football and draft analysts, who have him going in the second round. And that type of stuff makes me fall out of my chair. I don't think he's dropping to the second round. His agent came out and said multiple teams have told him that if he's on the board, they're drafting him in the first round. Gregory Rousseau is going to be a first round. That is my take. And if the Giants get him at 11, you know, I'd be fine with that. I totally would. I like him. I think he's a he's a talent that he's you know when you combine the speed, the strength, um, the size, the athleticism, and again the versatility, which is important for Joe Judge and Patrick Graham. I think he would be a good pick at eleven. But if the Giants want to wait into the second round to get an edge rusher, I think that would work too. Because as I've said a number of times in articles, not a number of times, many, many times in articles, Patrick Graham doesn't need a star pass rusher. He already has one in Leonard, in Leonard Williams. He doesn't need a star edge rusher. He needs somebody who could fill a specific role, play their role, fulfill their role rather in the edge rusher rotation and provide reliable depth. He doesn't need a star. So the Giants could wait until the second round, the number 42 overall pick, and take someone like Jason Owe out of Penn State or Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma if either drops. Maybe Aziz Aljolari out of uh, Georgia drops as well. Or maybe I'm totally wrong about Gregory Rousseau, and he is a second rounder, and he drops as well, and the Giants get him at 42. That would be an ideal situation. So we got wide receiver, inside linebacker, edge rusher, and the fourth and final potential. Listen, I know cornerback is a uh, potential position is a pot- potential position to target in the first round. I'm not buying that. Apparently, the Giants like J.C. Horn. I know J.C. Horn's stock is incredibly rising, like. Quick, quick, quick. I don't see it. I don't see them using a valuable resource such as a first-round pick on a cornerback, especially when their defensive backfield is already loaded with talent. With James Bradbury, uh, Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers. I mean, Xavier McKinney was the best safety in the draft, you could argue, last year, and he's not even slated to start. Adoree Jackson, they signed to a three-year deal. They're making an investment in him in free agency. I don't. I understand depth is important, and I preach the importance of depth in the in the uh, secondary. But I just don't see the Giants using a valuable pick like that on a cornerback. So I'm not saying cornerback is a position to target legitimately in the first round. So, but back to my point: wide receiver, inside linebacker, edge rusher, and then the fourth position to target is offensive tackle. Uh I don't see it with this either, even though I'm putting it as a position to a potential position to target in the first round. I don't see this them doing this for the second straight year where they're taking a tackle in the first round. Obviously, they did it last year with Andrew Thomas, but at that last year, they needed a left tackle for the future. Nate Solder was not the answer, and this was before Nate Solder even opted out. We knew he wasn't the answer. We knew he was struggling. We knew he was aging. They needed a left tackle for the future, so they got Andrew Thomas. I don't see them doing this for the second straight year. I know there's a lot of talk about it, 
and I understand why some people want it because we really don't know what we're going to get out of Matthew Parrott. The Gi- let me let me say this: the Giants are seemingly high on Matthew Parrott. Uh, he played a little bit last year. He didn't play a whole lot, but you know, if the Giants are using their third-round pick last year when they just used their first-round pick on a tackle, if the Giants are using their third-round pick last year on a tackle when they had just used their first-round pick on a tackle, that usually means that they saw a guy that they loved and they're executing a steal. You usually don't see like, you know, a tackle two picks after, you know, a tackle in the first round, a tackle in the third round when they didn't exactly need a tackle in the third round. You don't really see that. So the fact that the Giants took Parrot that early out of UConn, which isn't exactly a, you know, the most most popular football program, I guess. You know, it's not the, it's not a, uh, a exactly a college football playoff contender, as we all know. Giants have been high on him for a long time, Parrot. And you know, having said that, I don't see them going for an offensive tackle. I see Parrot being at least a short-term future of the right tackle position while Andrew Thomas is on the left side. But if they do go for a tackle, I could see them targeting, you know, Rayshon Slater out of Northwestern, Tevin Jenkins, who's my favorite tackle prospect besides Sewell, out of Oklahoma State, uh, Christian Darisaw out of Virginia Tech is good, um, USC's Elijah Vera Tucker is also a name that's creeping up draft boards, you could see him going in the teens, um, so he'll be available at number 11, uh, in my opinion he will be, and Elijah Vera Tucker, that's a prospect to, if they're going to go for an offensive tackle, that's a prospect to focus on, because he's versatile as well, he could play guard tackle, you know, he, that's someone I think they would keep their eye on if they were to go for a tackle. Now, there is that report that they may trade up that if Sewell slides, if Penne Sewell out of Oregon slides to the back ha- the um, back end of the top 10, like a late top 10 pick, they can move up to try to get him. But, you know, if, in the, if that's the only scenario where I could see them drafting an offensive tackle. If they were to stay where they are or trade back, I don't see the Giants taking an offensive tackle in the first round for the second consecutive year. I just don't. I just, I really don't. You know, I, I think, I think they're high on Parrot. And if you don't believe me, think of this: it was interesting last year when Andrew Thomas did not start against Washington because of the missed meeting the night before, and instead of putting in veteran Cam Fleming at left tackle. And putting Parrot in on the right side, they decided to start Parrot on Daniel Jones' blind side at the left tackle position in Andrew Thomas's absence. They could have put veteran, a veteran like Cam Fleming, on the left side to handle the Giants, uh, to handle Daniel Jones' blind side, and put Parrot in at right tackle. They could have done that. I mean, hey, Parrot's a rookie; he doesn't have any experience. You know, he's a he's a project at tackle. They need to develop him. Why put him at left tackle? The fact that they put him at left tackle when Andrew Thomas did not start that game is interesting and should tell you what the organization thinks of Parrot. So having said that, I think Parrot's the guy moving forward at right tackle. So I don't think offensive tackle is going to be the pick in the first round unless, of course, the Giants move up to the back end of the top 10 to draft Sewell, but that's only if Sewell slides. It's interesting to note, though, that there there are trends in how Dave Gettleman, um, you know, utilizes his draft picks. So this is Dave Gettleman's fourth draft already as the Giants' general manager. 
And there are a couple trends that suggest a couple different potential moves. Okay? The trends suggest that he'll go for a receiver in the first round. Why is that? Because, well, in his first draft, with his first pick, he chose running back Saquon Barkley. The next year, with his first first-round pick out of the three they had in 2019, he picked Daniel Jones. And then last year, he picked Andrew Thomas. So he likes to go, it seems like he likes to favor the offensive side of the ball in the first round, which is why I think he'll go for a receiver in the first round. And Peter King of NBC Sports reported in his Football Morning in America column this past Monday, Joe Judge loves Devontae Smith. There's an Alabama connection there. Joe Judge obviously worked at Alabama, uh, was part of two national championship teams there. He loves Devontae Smith. It would be another target for Jones. He'd be a highly talented slot receiver, obviously the 2020 Heisman Trophy winner. Could use him on jet sweeps. He'd be playing off the line of scrimmage the majority of the time. I would like that pick. I would like Devontae Smith. I understand there are concerns because he's skinny. But boy, is he athletic. And boy, is he fast. And in a league in which the speed of the game is seemingly becoming quicker and quicker every single year, that would be a perfect guy to have. And it would provide Daniel Jones with yet another talented target. A target that would be able to complement Darius Slayton, a deep ball threat. Sterling Shepard, a possession receiver. Kenny Galladay a number one receiver and a true number one receiver that has a knack for the end zone and has the ability to be a reliable possession receiver as well. Trends also suggest that later on, Gettleman will focus heavily on the defensive side of the ball as well as the offensive line. Note this, last year, Giants had 10 picks. Seven of his 10 picks were defense. The three offensive picks we're all offensive line. Giants took four linebackers. Excuse me. Five linebackers, I believe. And three uh, and two defensive backs. And then... Excuse, wait, what am I saying? Four, No, four linebackers, three defensive backs. And then they took two tackles, Andrew Thomas, Matthew Parrott, and an offensive guard in Shane Lemieux. So later on in the draft, I'm talking after the first round, The second round pick, the third round pick, the fourth round pick, and the two sixth round picks they own. Expect, I would say expect one or two offensive linemen, and depending on that, three or four defensive players. Expect a tackle and or guard depth. Expect linebacker, edge rusher, and defensive back help. They don't need starting caliber defensive backs either. So if they're going to pick a defensive back, expect it to be in the sixth round. Again, I'm not buying them getting a defensive back in the first round. I, I understand the the J.C. Horn has... There's a lot of hype around J.C. Horn. And his stock is significantly rising. But I don't buy it that the Giants are going to draft a corner early in this draft. They just need one for depth purposes. So, if they're going to draft a defensive back, expect, expect it to be in the sixth round with either the... 196th overall pick or the 201st overall pick. Okay, They need depth. You can never have too much depth in the defensive backfield. I like this kid, Kerry Vincent Jr. out of LSU in the late rounds. He's versatile. Can play corner, slot corner, and safety. And then also the offensive line, you need depth there as well. That's why I think they could draft um, the kid from Cincinnati, James Hudson, in the th- in one of the middle rounds, maybe a third or fourth round. He's a consistent tackle who could be a reliable reserve swing tackle behind Parrott and uh, Andrew Thomas. Okay? 
By the way, I know I keep saying Parrot's name. I know Nate Solder is around too. Just to be clear, because I don't know if we've spoken about this on this podcast yet, I don't expect Nate Solder to make it past the preseason. I think they want to give him a shot, but I, I don't expect Nate Solder to make the final roster after the preseason. I just don't. So, as far as my pick for the first round, I've gone back and forth on it. And I like Owusu Koromo a lot, as I've said multiple times. But I think it'll ultimately be, ultimately be uh, Smith, Devontae Smith. I'm going to go with the trend that I brought up a couple uh, minutes ago. If he's there, that's going to be the pick. Daniel Jones needs playmakers. This offense needs playmakers. You need to look at the fact that this offense was second to last and total yards and points last year. And if it wasn't for Adam Gase and the dysfunction in and around the Jets organization and the Jets offense, Giants would have been last in those two aforementioned categories. If they can sa- if they can snag Smith in the first round at 11, and if I'm wrong about Rousseau being a clear-cut first-rounder and they can somehow get Gregory Rousseau at number 42 in the second round, that would make for a phenomenal start to the draft. Both are playmakers. And that's what the Giants need. Coming off yet another 6-10 and 10 season. I understand the Giants improved last year. I understand they have some of the right pieces in place. I understand their defense was a lot better. And they have the right head coach. And they've made good moves in free agency each of the last two years. But they still only won six games and they need playmakers. Devontae Smith and Gregory Rousseau are both playmakers. So is Uwusu Koromoa, but the development of Daniel Jones should be the top focal point. You know wide receiver at number 11. You just do. Sorry, I don't make the rules. But my, my, my ideal draft... Devontae Smith in the first round, Rousseau in the second, maybe he'll drop, and then uh, offensive line depth in the third, uh, linebacker, and then uh, linebacker in the fourth, and then defensive back depth um, in the sixth round. Okay, so wide receiver first round, edge rusher second, offensive line depth in the third, linebacker depth in the fourth. And then defensive back depth in the sixth. They could probably go defensive back at 196 and at 201. And if they only go with defensive back with one of those two six-round picks, the other could be used for more offensive line depth. Maybe another guard. You know, that may be... Guard is a tricky position right now, too. Because Shane Lemieux is expected to retain his starting role at one of the two guard spots. But, you know, who knows with the other one. Could be Will Hernandez. He's struggled in the last couple of years. And it, or it could be Zach Fulton, who the Giants signed in free agency. But... You don't know what you're going to get out of him. He's an aging veteran. But the Giants have one pick uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night. Two picks on Friday, one in each round, the second and third. And then three on Saturday. One fourth and two sixth round picks. As I said before, as I said at the beginning of this uh, episode, I'm excited for Saturday. I'm excited for all three days. Listen, Thursday, I'm like I'm like nervous for Thursday because it's such a... It's such an important evening. All three days are important, obviously. But Thursday night is so, like, nerve-wracking. And uh, you're so afraid that they're going to make the wrong decision. And you're so, like, 
it's a wild night, especially with trades, with, we don't know, listen, we know the first two picks. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going number one, and uh, Zach Wilson's going number two to the Jets. We have no idea who's going number three. People are saying Mac Jones, there's the Trey Lance talk, you know, Justin Fields may go number three overall, or heck, some people say him dropping to 32. Some people have Justin Fields dropping to the 32nd pick. At least one mock, at least one mock draft does. We have no idea. That's why I love this event because nobody has any idea. When has anyone ever had like a perfect mock draft? So I'm excited. I'm excited for Saturday though. I want to see these late round picks. I really want to see who the Giants can get. I really want to see defensive back depth, inside linebacker depth, offensive uh, lineman depth. That would my that would be my ideal um, Saturday to, to see them keep adding to the roster at those uh, position groups. But again, Giants haven't traded up or back as of right now. Uh, have not gotten any sort of report on that. It is about twenty eight now thirty hours before the draft begins. Again, Thursday night at eight p.m. And then I believe rounds two and three are Friday at seven that starts. And then Saturday, rounds four to seven, that starts at noon on Saturday. So I'm excited. You should be too. Again, just before um, I get out of here, uh, my ideal draft. Just to put it into your brains once again. Wide receiver first, edge rusher second, offensive line depth in the third round, linebacker depth in the fourth, defensive back, uh, and um, offensive line depth in the sixth. Or they could go defensive back and defensive back with their two six-round picks. Either way, I'd be fine with that. But that does it for episode 69 of the Wide Ride Podcast. Thank you for tuning in once again. Thank you for bearing with us on our long hiatus. I will not go on another long hiatus because once the draft is over, I will be hopping back for episode, hopping back on the mic for episode 70 to recap everything that went down. Hopefully, everything that went down followed through with my ideal draft pattern for the Giants. Hey, hopefully they make the right trades too if there is a trade, okay? Hopefully they don't, if they trade up, hopefully they don't give up too much. Um, I would rather them trade back and gain more picks considering they have six. Again, the second fewest in the league right now. But um, we'll see what happens. But for now, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ryan Honey E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey E-S-N-Y. Uh, subscribe, listen to the Wide Right Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iOut Radio, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, all right, I'm out of here.